We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, John Deere Classic DraftKings picks and preview the last week to get into those satellites to get some British Open Millionaire Maker tickets. Plus, I'll be giving away a whole bunch on my show on Friday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. That's the live chat. Then the Cut Sweat Show won't be giving away, why well, we'll be giving away 20 DK bucks for that show, but you can't use that for the Open Championship just because that'll come along the next week. But there's plenty of ways to get yourself into the Millionaire Maker. Another way to do that, to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks for this week, smash the like button to the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your favorite play above $9,000 and your favorite play below $7,000 because it seems like it's going to be one of those weeks with people building stars and scrubs roster wanting to get access to all the young guns above $10,000 this week. The other way to do it is go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, wherever the audio podcast. Uh, subscribe to it, download it, listen. In, I don't care if you listen to it or not. I mean, if you're listening to this now, obviously you have listened to it, so I don't need to tell you to do that, but subscribe rate and review five stars DraftKings handle something nice about the show the easiest of all the draws to win so few people actually do it and I usually pick like two a week from the iTunes because those iTunes reviews are the currency that I deal in so it means a lot to me if you can go and give me an iTunes review five stars DK handle something nice about the show all right uh the Pat Mayo experience DraftKings open the link is in the description of the podcast if you're watching on Facebook it's in the description of the video if you're watching on YouTube we can't post the link on YouTube so the link to my Facebook page is in the comment section just click on that boom Find it there. It filled super quickly last week. So you might want to get in and reserve your spot or just go fill out a dummy team right away to make sure that you get into the best contest on DraftKings. Joining me from DK Live to break this all down, he is Jeff Ulrich. Jeff, I just want to start with this. Past 24 rounds, my custom stat model. Do you know who the top five guys are? 
Uh, just recent form, right, we're talking about? And, and the key stats that I've looked at. We'll talk a bit more of it. Just, just, the, the results are shocking. Okay, I'll, I'll throw... <laughs> um, I mean, Hovland? He's, he's number four. That is correct. Okay. Now, you said shocking, so i got to throw out some shocking names here, I feel like. Well, um, well, one, of the, one of them is your guy who, every time you come on the show, you hype him, and he sucks. And then every other week that you're not on the show, he's great, and no one hypes him. Who? <laughs> Jagger? Tringali. Oh, Tringali. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the week I, that one week I really hyped him up, and he freaking shot 77. Yeah, no, Tringali's playing really well lately, uh, T to green-wise, so that doesn't shock me. I see. I assume Morikawa's in the top five too, right? Uh, he's not. He's inside the top ten. It's Tringali, Malnati, Stanley, Hovland, Streelman. That is your top Streelman, five yeah. in my custom stats. I, I did include a little bit of putting in there, but approach, ball striking, par fives, and proximity from 125 to 175 yards along with birdies are better gained. That is uh, kind of indicative of how crappy this field is. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could spend maybe like half the time talking about tractors or something than half these guys. That'd be okay, but... Um, no, I mean, this is, it is what it is. I mean, it, at least we have the the young players at the top, right, who are all coming in, and it's it's kind of like guessing who's going to get their, their first win now. We saw Wolf obviously do that dramatic thing last week. But, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I'm pumped for this week is just that I know the Open Championship is coming next week, and we can kind of see who's playing well and then, you know, lead us into that. The, it's kind of a fun little event, but it's, you know, the field kind of, drags it down a little bit this year it, it seems like it's significantly worse this year than it's been in any other year at least since i've been covering golf it's like 2011 like always the scottish open is going to have a far more jam-packed star-studded field and it does again this time around with rory and stenson and fowler and jt and kuchar all playing overseas but you know normally we get like one or two decent names kyle stanley is the highest ranked player in this field he's 56 in the world <laughs> yeah it is a little strange i mean it, to see like nobody who's qualified for the open outside of like maybe ZJ, who's a past champion there, um, come and play this as their tune-up event because they do get the free ride over. Generally, like 10 to 20 players do it. And like, you know, last year um, you saw a few players do it. Obviously, it, it had a few bigger names, but Bryson's come here. Spieth has made it like a regular stop. So to see none of those guys do, it's a little bit weird. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's just because the majors are more packed together and, and players just wanted the extra rest. I guess that's why, but... Um, yeah, definitely. I agree. Like the worst field in the last five or six years I've seen at, at this one, too. You know, the current field for the British Open is 160 players, according to their website. That doesn't seem right. That really doesn't seem right, because like a regular field event is like 156 players. So yeah. I don't <laughs> maybe they. I don't know. Maybe they just because of the all all the past champions or something. But that I, does seem weird. I guess so. I, I can't ever remember an event that has 160. I'm looking at the theopen.com, and that's what it says. So that's, that's yeah. kind of strange. Uh, Jason Kokrak has withdrawn from this tournament, and I actually kind of liked him to, you know, we, we let's start here then. Let's go to the above 10K guys. You got Hovland, Morikawa, Wolf, 1, 2, 3 uh, as the highest priced players on TK this week. Then it's <laughs> Neiman at 10, 2. Then it's Streelman, old man Streelman comes in at an even $10,000. There's been a lot of talk like this is a spot for a breakthrough win. We saw it for Bryson. We saw it for Jordan Spieth. And, you know, a cavalcade of other guys, 45% of the winners of this event have actually been first-time winners. And everyone just assumes one of these four guys is going to win. Do you think there's any merit this week just to say, you know what, I don't know which one of these guys is going to be the highest owned. I assume Wolf will be the lowest owned just because he's coming off a win, and I don't know if, how I feel about that. He might be the best play of this bunch. But yeah. in, instead of targeting like the super young up-and-comer as a first-time winner, 
that you'd be better off targeting, let's say, the Joel Damons or Harold Varners of the world, who are also searching for their first win, but everyone's just not talking about them anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree pretty much 100%. I mean, there's a couple things that you have to factor in with, with some of these young players. First of all, most of them, I think all four of them are, are playing their fourth week in a row. It's, and I know they're young and everyone, oh, it doesn't matter, Jeff, like they're, they're young at 20, whatever, but it, it does kind of matter. I mean, four weeks in a row is a lot of golf, especially when you're traveling venues. So I think that is a factor. And I think a couple of them, it's probably going to show this week in their play. Another thing that you can make an argument against, I mean, this has been a track where guys have generally played a couple of times before they've done really well at it. Now that there's been exceptions to that rule too. And I wouldn't really use that as a rule to cross players off this week. I'm just throwing that out there as something that might work against them. So um, I agree. I think that the, the number of veteran players we see at this event just pop up seemingly out of nowhere with like no form every season. I think there's a lot of merit to just crossing at least three of those guys off your list and going with lower own plays. So, um, you know, obviously all these, all four of these players are, are probably well-deserving their salaries this week because talent-wise they're, they're the best players in the field. But don't be shocked if, you know, none of them end up on like the winning team or, or maybe one of them do. The, the two I'm looking at from this range, one is Morikawa. I think he's actually my favorite of the four. Yeah. I actually think he's the safest of the four as well, although Hovland's just been a beast so far. And obviously Wolf has won. Neiman's been fantastic. But I like Morikawa. Gained over 10 strokes on approach last week and just barely gained putting. You know, you turn that around just a little bit. All of a sudden, you know, you gain like three strokes putting and you know, you're, you're lapping the field at this event. And the other one's Streelman. Strowman lost six strokes putting last week, and like his approach was off the charts good. This is a wedge. Okay, off the tee doesn't matter. Around the green doesn't matter. Can you hit a wedge? Can you kind of score on par fives? And can you make 10-foot putts all week? Like, that's what we're looking at here. So I'll go with Morikawa and Streelman as my two guys from above $10,000. What are you looking at? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, Hoblin is a little bit interesting because I, I feel like just – he was left out last week and you can make the argument that, you know, he's going to try and make a run. But I, I think I pretty much agree on Morikawa. I mean, stat wise, he was off the charts an approach for, you know, all four rounds. He was, he was really good in that number. And his putting did pick up a little bit. I mean, he made some clutch putts down the stretch, which I, I feel like could just bleed into this week for, from a confidence perspective. Um, you know, Neiman has been consistent. I just don't know if he can win a putting contest. I, I, it just, it just scares me a little bit when you have to make basically all your 10 footers to, to get to 20 under 22 under this week. And I just don't know if Neiman has that in him right now. I just don't feel like this is like the greatest venue for him. So I think I agree on Streelman. I think Streelman makes for a, a really interesting play this week because I think he's probably almost definitely going to be the lowest owned of these four or these five names above 10 K. So, you know, either stacking him with one of the, one of the other four players up above him, or just, just starting with Streelman and, and taking another lower owned player, underneath him and fading those top four. I think it's it's a pretty viable strategy and probably one uh, I'd look to employ in GPPs this week. Yeah, with Streelman, at least if you start with him, you do get a bit of savings off the very... Yeah. You know, it's not a ton, obviously. There's no one above $11,000, so it's not like you're saving saving all your salary cap by taking Streelman, but I agree with you. I think he'll be the lowest owner of the five, and I think he rates out just as well as they do. He's number one in approach over the past 36 rounds. We know he can go win a birdie fest, and we know when he gets hot, I mean, he could just you know, put himself out of tournaments. We seen that as well but when he gets hot he can really get the putter rolling 9k range here's the problem i don't like any of these guys <laughs> yeah i mean um i mean i like wyndham clark at 9000 I, I think he's, he's clark, a strong putter he's a really strong putter but like after watching him at the 3m like he's not good he's i'd say this he had trouble on the web.com i don't know if he's not good but 
he had trouble on the web.com closing out events. Like he was really bad on Sundays at the web.com. Um, so he, he actually played okay for parts of it there. I, I think this event is, is, is more suited to Wyndham Clark than some of those other guys, because he can go out and, and sink a ton of putts and, and, and make a bunch of Eagles on these shorter par fives. So I don't mind him. Sam Burns kind of fits in that, that mold too, where they're just both strong putters. And I think this event might, might lean towards them. So I don't mind either of those guys in the low nine K range. I do think they will be popular and I'm more tempted to just take a, take a chance on, on one of these veteran players. God, Ryan Moore is just such a, he's just putted so badly. I, I want to get behind Ryan Moore and his, his solid approaches, but uh, I just don't think I can. I'm kind of with you. I, I don't like any of these nine K guys. I might just play Sanjay M again because he's, he's kind of been a birdie machine. And, and even if he can't, get himself into contention. I think it feel like he's going to be good enough for like a top 20 in this, in this field. So Sanjay and maybe one of the two guys, uh, Burns or Clark there down at the bottom for me. Yeah. I think I would probably rather lean veteran here. Like I make the choice between like Glover ZJ. I don't know if this really sets up for Howell as well, but like Harmon starting to play a little bit better coming off a good week. He's won here before Ryan Moore has won here before I have no real interest in Berger. Yeah, like it feels like a dead zone, but the problem now becomes, does that mean I take two guys above $10,000 and then like fill out the rest of my squad? Or does this happen to me like it did a few weeks ago? And it wasn't a terrible idea, but I ended up leaving like 2000 on the table on a lot of these teams because it's just, I see no real difference, honestly, between some of these 9K guys and guys in like the mid sevens. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you're either going to have to talk yourself into these 9K players, which I, we basically have have been like trying to do here for the past couple minutes, or you're going, or you just leave like a thousand dollars on the table. And I don't think that's a bad strategy this week at all. Um, I think a lot of people talk about doing it when we get to these type of events and then nobody actually does it to be honest. But I, I think it's, you know, looking at it, I agree. I, I think it's a viable strategy this week. I think Strillman is interesting. Um, if, if I was going to talk myself into players in the strange, like I said, I think Sanjay is fine. I think he's actually shown that he can, he's, he's a pretty strong putter at times this year. And I, I agree with Harmon. I mean, Harmon has like he, he he gained positive strokes in all categories last week. When he's on, he can definitely win a putt fest. Obviously, he won this event before, so um, I, I don't have a problem with Harmon. I wonder how popular he'll be. Maybe he just play Zach Johnson and just take like the top five that he seems to get here every third year. So yeah, um, that, but that, that 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 seems way too easy though. We can't just plug in Zach Johnson and expect our top five. Come on now, and it's not like he's playing good at all like this He's is like horrible yeah. like this, this is the worst year zach johnson's had in like two decades yeah i mean and that's that's why we're not no one's that's why we're we're sitting here saying we don't really want to play zach johnson right because he is coming in horrible form so and now he's he's you know even even though he's got this great course history there's all these young better young players than than zach johnson here this year so um i don't want to play zach johnson but you know it might be a strategy to pair him with another 9k guy who no one else wants to play and when he does finish in the top 10, you're going to have like what, you know, five, 10% own Zach Johnson, maybe. If you're no, lucky. See, I, don't know. I, I don't think that's going to happen though. I think people are going to see the John Deere classic equals the Zach Johnson classic. And you have a guy who's won here twice, finishes inside the top five every year. It took a while for people to like stop playing Luke Donald at the heritage. And it took like two bad years in a row. It's not like Zach Johnson's I still having play Luke Donald at the heritage, it, but, but it's not like Zach Johnson's <laughs> going into the uh, TPC deer run and, you know, putting up bad rounds. He has 41 consecutive rounds at par or better at this course. Yeah. So maybe just eat the chalk and, and play Zach Johnson. I mean, for, for me, look, if, if I'm taking chats on one of these players, I'm definitely not playing burger for sure. I agree with you there. I, I think as much as I'd like to play Ryan Moore, I'm not, I think it's Harmon for me um glover is kind of interesting although i just again like 
asking Lucas Glover to win like a, a putting event is just asking for trouble, I feel like. But uh, I like Sanjay and, and I think Harmon, I think I'd play Harmon over Zach Johnson. Hopefully get a little bit lower ownership, but we'll have to see, uh, you know, how that works out uh, once you get to Wednesday, I guess. Yeah, Glover gained over five strokes putting in the final round at the 3M when he made his surge up the leaderboard. But he is coming off a very nice round. He's gained on approach in four of his past five, too. I think for me, it comes down to Harmon, like you mentioned. And just by the stats, like everything point, even including putting in this, Ryan Moore still pops out inside the top 10 in terms of overall rank over the past 36 rounds. So that's going to be tough for me to get away from. Although I should be able to get away from it because I play Ryan Moore like every week and he fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's really just his putting. Like he's just he, he's just forgotten how to putt. I mean, there's a couple of guys that's happened to you this year, quite frankly. We'll talk about a couple more when we get down there. But um, everything else, this game looks fine. Like uh, I, I've wanted to play him the last couple of weeks. Uh, he looked like a good good bet in in Detroit, and yeah, couldn't 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 get it done. So um, definitely like taking your life in your own hands because if he can't putt this week, he definitely ain't making the cut. Yeah, and anytime we talk about wedge fest, you think of Ryan Moore. In fact, he ranks out number one in the field from proximity 125 to 150 yards, gaining on the field over the past 36. So I'm going to put Moore and Herman on my short list. Maybe Howell is the play. Since I, I guarantee, but is Howell like Zach Johnson where people just play him regardless? Yeah, I, I think I think Howell gets some some love this week. Ah, oh, yeah. The thing with Howell is, you just you know he's he's not going to win. So I just feel like there's not as much upside with Howell as as there is. Like I, I almost would rather play Ryan Moore after I've just you know we <laughs> talked about how badly I don't want to play him than, than Howell because I feel like there's just a, there's just a better chance that Moore actually wins than Howell. I, I, you're Howell's a fine cash game play, I think in in my opinion this week, but. I, I wouldn't use him for GPPs. Um, I'd rather just go up to Streelman, or I'd rather play Sunjay M. I think even so. Okay, let's talk about the 8K guys. So I actually have players I like in this range. You got Tway, Stanley, Collie, Palmer, Nasty, Nate, Damon, Brown, Laird, Party Marty, Jason Duffner, Nick Watney. I have been convinced I can't let Jason Duffner hurt me anymore, but we'll see how I end up going with that as the week goes along. I'll probably end up playing him, but I really like Joel Damon. He's my pick to win. I'm using him as my one and done. He's sort of the guy that, you know, when we think about breakthrough wins, that's not who we're talking about anymore, and he's been relatively inconsistent lately as well. He's only gained on approach in three of his past six events. However, when he does gain on approach, he gains he's an average of five strokes gained on the field. So if he shows up to play, and I believe he was, what, T2 at this tournament last year? So that's always a gay. He was T2 last year. So, yeah, I, I think that he can get the putter rolling. That's been pretty good recently. I think he does just enough well that if this turns into a birdie fest, he can win. I also like party Marty Laird. I really do. He's, frankly, been a lot better than I gave him credit for and gained six and a half strokes on approach last week. One off the tee, one and a half around the greens, lost five on the greens. Now, he's lost a lot the last two events, 4.9 and 3.3 at the Rocket Mortgage and the 3M. But this is a guy who's historically gaining like 0.2, 0.3 strokes on the field on the greens per round and he is an immensely good par three player and if you go back and look at the previous winners par three's actually been the separator because this course is super easy you're gonna have to make your birdies on the par fours even if you just want to be in it but the separator comes from birding all the par fives and then making some hay being like minus four minus five on the weekend par threes and martin laird can do that i like martin laird i i actually prefer laird over damon although i i get the argument for damon and i probably Probably have him second, although I like Scott Brown too. So, um, but yeah, but just going back to Laird, I mean, he's putted well uh, recently, and you, you mentioned his approach last week. I mean, that was 
it, it seemed like he was trying to figure that out a little bit, but he was still making cuts even before he was striking the ball better. So the fact he, he started to do that a little bit last week or in his last start, I think that's a good sign. Um, he's, he's performed really well in, in similar type events. He's performed really well at TPC Summerlin, the, the, the Shriners, like a, another birdie fest. So Laird can get it done in an event like this. He, he's kind of proven it over his career. He's been a pretty, pretty strong par five scorer too over his career. I like it. I, I do like Martin Laird at, at 82. Um, I like Brown and Damon. I might lean Damon over Brown just because I, he's obviously a better player, I think, overall than Brown. Oh, Brown's got a really strong course history. Always seems to end up in the top 25. But uh, maybe Damon for GPP, Scott Brown for cash games or something like that. But, yeah, I, I would rank uh, I would rank Laird uh, above both of those guys, though. I, I do really like him in this range. Probably my favorite play as well uh, in I this would, range. Yeah, I would, go Damon, I would go Damon number one. I would go Kyle Stanley number two, then Martin Laird. I actually do really like Kyle Stanley. Oh, yeah. He's I the, forgot about he, Kyle Stanley. He's the best yeah. player in the field. You might as well use him. Yeah, he's the best player in the field. He's 8,800 too, right? He's been playing better. He's, his putter has actually been better too. That's part of the reason why he's playing better. So that's exactly what you want to see this week. I, I Yeah, we forgot about Kyle Stanley, but um, – I'd rank him probably right there with, with Martin Laird. And then Damon and Brown, I both have interest in. Like I said, it's just it's just kind of night and day over the 9K range because these guys are not only cheaper, but I just don't feel like you're getting a real downgrade. By, you're not getting a downgrade by using Kyle Stanley or Martin Laird compared to the other names, in my opinion, at least in, in the 9K range. So um, definitely like all four of these players I mentioned, um, Laird and, and Stanley for sure. I think Damon and Brown have you know some – some upside at least for uh for what they're worth uh in price strangely ryan palmer rates out really well for me but i just can't see myself pulling the trigger on that yeah ryan palmer's either going to come in here and just start you know lacing flags and, and sinking a couple putts and he'll get in contention or he's going to like you know still hit the approach as well and miss all his putts and miss the cut so um it, it's going to be a catch 22 pure gpp play but i could see him you know, especially a low ownership, he's someone to think about at least, I guess, if you're, if this range gets too chalky or you just, you know, you have too much Kyle Stanley already and you want to differentiate with a couple lineups. I think Ryan Palmer is the good swerve there. You know, I, I want to make a case for Bud Colley, but he's just been so inconsistent. And I just, I think I, if I had to go between those two with like a low ownership GPP play, I'd probably go Palmer. I can see myself going with Duffner over Palmer just because I'm like pot committed to Jason Duffner at this point. <laughs> and he's cheaper. So that always goes a long way. 7k yeah, range. There's a, I mentioned this before. Like I don't see a huge separation between these guys and the guys in the $9,000 level. So uh, let me hit you with a few guys that I like from here. I like Peter Malnati shorter course. That's where mm-hmm. I want to play Malnati. He actually surprised me last week with how good he was. Von Taylor at 77 Ryder and Merritt at 75 Hank Lebiota at 7100 bucks those would be my five guys as of right now i might add more okay i'm definitely with you on von taylor should set up well obviously malnati's been playing well for a bit um his price 7900 he'll probably be pretty popular i think for gpps i'd rather just play jt post and under him um he's a he's a really strong putter had, had a really good week in detroit obviously didn't have a great sunday but i think that'll motivate he's coming off a week of rest so if Malnati's getting up there in ownership, I think he could realistically get posted perhaps like less than half owned of Malnati. And I think I'd be all over that for GPPs. Malnati's a fine cash game play though at 7,900. Nothing wrong with that. Um, definitely, like I said, I, I like Von Taylor. A little worried Tringali might be getting a little bit gassed. Uh, he's been playing a lot. Obviously the the, the strokes gain T to green and, and everything is there, but um, I, I'd be okay leaving him off my list uh, this week. Daddy Lee and Dylan for uh, Dylan Fratelli, are, are really interesting to me. Although I'm, I, they're, 
they're both putting terribly, but they're both like gaining a lot of strokes on approaches over the last two starts, especially Danny Lee. Uh, Danny Lee's putted well on Bentgrass over his career. Obviously, he's won the Greenbrier, which is kind of a, a good corollary for this event because it's got easier course, Bentgrass greens. Doesn't have as many par fives, but it, it's kind of similar in a lot of ways. He, he's been killing it with his irons. Uh, obviously, missed the cut last week, but um, again, just had one really poor putting round. Danny Lee's got a top five uh, in the past of this event. Um, I, I'd be okay with him. Again, not a cash game play because... We don't know which Danny is going to show up, but uh, he could easily top 20, top 10 here uh, at 7,600. Fratelli, similar story, just a terrible putter, but um, was just, he was on pace with Morikawa and his approaches and his ball striking for the first three rounds last week. He was right up there first or second. Fell apart on Sunday, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw some follow through from Fratelli this week too. So the the other two guys, I mean, on I'll be on Lee and Fratelli at minimal shares. I like Harold Varner the third. I just completely forgot about him. Uh, the only other one, like Brian Stewart, rates out really well, and so does Sean Stephanie coming off a of T fifteen last week. He's gained on approach in eight straight tournaments. Spiderwebs, Sean Stefani. Yeah, Stefani, Stephanie's played well. I mean, uh, he has, he's, he's gone through a nice little stretch and he's actually played well at this event before too. So he's got some experience. I don't mind that. Um, I think it's actually a pretty good price for, for uh, Stephanie in this field. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm over that. Stewart was definitely a guy. I mean, he's, he's a player who can, who can uh, hit up putts. I know you're going to hate me for this, Pat, but I'm going to make a case for Russell Henley again. Um, Listen, if you want to make a case for Russell Henley, um, I don't know if I can use Andrew Landry again after he he just destroyed so many good teams. And I watched him do it, too. I was yeah. there watching him make the bogey on number eight on Friday, which was his 17th hole. And he realized it was just a terrible tee shot. He couldn't get it up and down. And then he, like, hooks it into the native area on 18. It's like, oh, good God, man. Like, figure this I out. He had to get up and down from 100 yards to make the cut. He could not do that. Sunk some very, very good lineups. But I was going to say Luke Donald actually rates out really well for me. That Yeah, Luke. Don- I forgot Luke Donald was in this field. But, yeah, I actually was going to take a look at him. I didn't – I mean, I haven't – Obviously, he hasn't been doing anything great, but he's he's definitely a player who can who can get around a technical track like like John Deere. But just back to Hanley, I'm kind of pot to commit it to Hanley, just like you are with with Duff, and I'm waiting for this turnaround. But this is a player who's you know averaged like between 20th and 40th in strokes gained putting over his career. He's 150th in strokes gained putting right now. He gained over a stroke on approaches uh, both rounds last week. I believe he, he like his ball striking is fine. Basically, it's perfectly fine. It's actually strong. He just cannot putt right now. And for such a, a guy who's been such a strong putter, you know that's going to turn at some point. He was actually like two over uh, going into the, the back nine on, on Friday. And he made like three birdies and an eagle. And he had the chance to make the cut uh, on 18. I would not be shocked if you saw some momentum from that uh, going into this week. So definitely a player who can light up a, a, an easy course like this. Obviously, you know, it, he's, he's missed four cuts in a row. He's, he's dealing with some, some putting issues. But like I said, the rest of his game – doesn't seem to be having an issue. He's just having a problem putting it all together. Um, in a field like this, a player, Russell Henley's category, uh, you know, category guy who's won three times on tour. I'm perfectly fine taking advantage of that. And I, I already bet him at like 125 to one. So yeah, are, are back you, on him. Are, are you in on the ball striking prowess of one Joey Garber or Seb Straka? Joey Garber has been playing some good golf. Um, I would probably think Garber over Straka, uh, although both these guys feel like they've been playing a lot and they might be just due for a letdown and neither of them are good putters. So um, it's slightly lean Garber over, over, uh, over Sepp Straka. But um, I think both of them are at least, uh, you know, in the conversation this week because they both been playing good golf. So. All right. Six K guys. Uh, who do I have here? I have, Oh, Adam Spenson. Go Canada, 6,700. Is there a chance he'll make one eight-foot putt this week? 
Uh, maybe, probably not, to be honest. Um, I'm going to play the guy down here who's actually a good putter and Curtis Luck. Can he keep doing this? Like the guy gains like seven strokes a week on the greens and he doesn't seem to do he, anything else well. He did it in the web.com tour last year too, though. This is what he does. Like he's such a good putter. And I mean, he actually had a couple good ball striking rounds at the start of the tournament last week. You saw he opened 68, 65. So, I mean, the guy was the former number one amateur player in the world, right? I mean, so just like those four guys at the top. I mean, so this is a player who was once, you know, touted as the best amateur player in the world. I know he's not, I know he's not as good as those players. He's, he's clearly not the, the ball striker. He doesn't have the off the tee game, but he's, he's certainly capable of putting it together for a few rounds and, and pulling like a semi Michael Kim maybe because his putting is, is otherworldly. So um, yeah, I don't mind taking a, a shot with Curtis Luck this week. Uh, obviously Svensson is, is, is a much better ball striker, but um, I think in this event, like Curtis Luck can, He's okay from like the 125 to 150 range too. So, um, you know, wedges, putter, I, I would not be shocked if he got hot and, and went on a little run this week. So the only other guys that like rate out well across the board, at least in the stats that I'm targeting this week from the $6,000 range, I'm looking at like Josh Teeter at $6,700. I got some, who else is down here? DJ Trahan at $6,500. Lingmurth, Boo Weekly. I'm not, I'm not playing Boo Weekly anymore. I can't do that to myself, but like, it's rough treading down here. Billy Hurley the third is like lights out from the key proximity ranges. <laughs> Has Billy Hurley the third been playing lately, or when's the last time he played? I, I feel like he played a few weeks ago. Yeah, he missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Made the cut at the U.S. Open. I thought he was out. Okay. Oh yeah, he's just been missing cuts. Oh yeah, I did make the cut at the U.S. Open. No interest, Pat. Sorry. Oh, Austin Connolly's in this field. Oh, no, small, we, we need more Canadians we can get behind, and Canadian Sports Center can lead with Austin Colley, missed cut. Yeah, he's been missing cuts on the Euro Tour, so that's, that's not good. George McNeil has played well at this course. How old is George McNeil at this point? I think he's like 49. George McNeil, yeah. Golfer, because right? that's just not going to come up. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, he's on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's, 40, he's only 43? Are you kidding me? What? Oh, I thought he was way older than that. He has the haircut of a man who is 70 years old. He still has his hair, just very poorly styled. Oh, what about Arjun Owl? No, come on, man. Like, I know he got it going last week, but that, that can't be real. No, you don't, want to, you don't want to ride that wall train? I don't mind that, actually. He, he, his approaches were pretty good last week. Tom Lovelady, maybe? The guy, like, generally has great ball striking on super easy courses, but he's been an atrocity so far this year. Yeah. I, I've... I actually do not mind Atwal down here. Um, looking at if there's any other names, like I'd actually even consider down here. Asswagon. Asswagon's <sighs> playing well. He had that. He flirted with a win on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. He gained five and a half strokes on approach last week. Lost five putting. Came fifty third. I don't hate. Yeah, he's a, a, a historically good par three performer as well. He's he's another player who will hit it to five feet and then miss half his five footers. But yeah, he could definitely get it going on a little course like this. I'd no, rather I'd rather play him than Atwell. I I don't mind either of those guys. Like if you're going down here for real, I mean I know we're joking around a little bit, but if if you are going to construct a couple lineups with like some scrubs down here, I think I think Atwell and Van Aswagen are 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 decent targets. Um, Andres Albison made has made a couple cuts, but no, screw that. Play Aswagon. I don't mind that call. No, I mean, you're right. He's, he's been playing consistently on the, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. Are, are we getting in the rhythm of saying the Corn Ferry Tour now? I just, I've been saying KF Tour as much as possible because it's just, it's easier. Interesting. Yeah. It's I, less offensive. 
I, I wish I had more for people, but I don't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I got Robert Streb at 6,900. Yeah, he's like been fun. gaining strokes pretty much every category, like nothing great, but he's, he's been playing better. He's, you know, consi- like I said, consistent across the board. Uh, he's putted well on bent grass a few times over his career, almost won the Greenbrier, another player with some, some correlations. So yeah. I don't mind that play at 6,900. Yeah, the year that he won the Greenbrier, he lost in the playoff of the Greenbrier. Remember he broke his putter that year? He had to putt with yes. his wedge in the playoff. That was the year Danny Lee won. He beat, it was four. And, the, and it he was putted four better with his wedge. It was Danny Lee, Streb, Hearn, and someone else in the four-man playoff. And Kisner. And Kisner. Kisner? How does Kisner not win that? Yeah, I know. I remember because I was on Danny Lee, and I thought I had no chance once the playoffs started. But uh, I, th- I think I was on Hearn that week. Not, oh, okay. So he probably it, was hedged because it came down to Lee and Hearn. Did it Kisner and Stratton got got dusted out. Maybe he went back to his putter, and then he missed his putt because he's just kept with the wedge. Yeah, past twelve rounds. I, have I really shortened the sample here? If we just look for who's hot right now, Streb's actually sixth in the model. Yeah, no, he's played well. Like I said, I know he missed the cut in Detroit, but it wasn't like a bad missed cut. He gained strokes. Uh, he still was gaining strokes on his ball striking, and he just basically missed it by one one cut one uh, one stroke there. So it was he's played well over like four weeks now. Wes Roach also rates out. All right. Wes Roach is yeah. Yeah, this is what this what this is the field that we're dealing with here. I think. From down here, it's like Svensson and Lebiota would be like my two guys below seventy one hundred dollars and below. I might just if did I play Stenson. No, um, did I say Stenson? Henrik Stenson. No, not Henrik Stenson. Svensson. <laughs> oh, Svensson. Yeah. I yeah, wish I, I you, know, you know what? I'll play Stenson at sixty five hundred dollars in this field. I won't worry about it. What is Henrik Stenson doing? He's, he's even playing the Scottish Open. Yeah, he's like eighteen to one to win the Scottish. Oh, okay. Do you have any thoughts on the Scottish Open? Uh, I looked at the field a little bit. I mean, I think just betting Martin Keimer and, and assuming he's just going to like continue this hot streak and eventually get into the Open isn't a bad play. But other than that, I mean, I, I, you never know how the U.S. players are going to do. Like some of them are just there for a warm-up, and then there'll be other years where like Ricky wins it or something. So it's a little bit of a hard event. It's an exciting event, but it's it's a little bit of a hard one to handicap. If you're looking back a little bit, I mean – I don't know. I don't have the odds right up in front of me, but there's there's a couple players that were interesting, I guess. Yeah, I bet Justin Thomas. He was twenty to one. This is a new course too, so it makes it even tougher. Yeah, they've they've been changing the course. I guess that's better for the the uh, the American players in a way because they don't they're not um, Julian Suri is, is maybe kind of interesting. Yeah, Suri's down to like eighty to one. I, I I don't hate that. I just like Suri though. That's why. Yeah, I have no particular insight to whether or not he's going to win. I just like him. <laughs> I, I mean, I like betting Lucas Beregard every time he's he's 100 to one or b- bigger on the European tour because you never know when he's going to get it going. So that was, I think, that was the other name at longer odds. That seems strange. Other than that, I, that seems strange that he's that? 100 to one. Yeah, wonder why he's down there. Like, has he just been disastrous since making the cut? He at just the Masters? missed a few cuts in a row, but like he 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 played well at the PGA, and then I think he's just missed like three cuts. But yeah. he hasn't been. He's the same odds yeah. as CT Pan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys over there playing. Do you have any like initial thoughts on the uh, British Open? I mean, I, I, like I was tweeting out a little bit yesterday when when Bryson lost. I mean, th- traditionally the winners of the the uh, the Open have been and guys have come in hot. I mean, Molinari went win second, and then Stenson won the week before he won. Uh, Spieth won the Travelers and then took a week off and then won. So I'm pretty big on Bryson right now. I mean. I, I know a little bit about that course and I don't think it's going to quite play as technical as some of these other like crazy, like Carnoustie, maybe I think it's going to be more up Bryson's alley. Personally. I, I, I just 
had that feeling. And I, I mean, just, just the way he, he, he was putting it all together, his putting is, is around the green game, looks sharp. He just needs to sharpen up the ball striking a touch. And I, I think he's going to be a, a really solid play uh, for that. So I, I think 40 to one, like I, I started adding him already. Um, definitely got to look at Rom too. I mean, that like, I, I would not be shocked if, if Rom won just because I've always said that I think this is going to be his best major over his career because, you know, like the guy or not, I just feel like he's more comfortable in Europe in the European crowds, something about it just doesn't throw him off as much. And it's kind of held true. He's, he's, he's dominated the European tour when he's played consistently there. So I think you just look at both those guys. I know, especially Ron's probably going to be chalky, but yeah, I think he's going to be a hard fade. So, yeah, we, we don't, we don't have the pricing out yet, but he's not the same odds as Dustin Johnson is to win. Yeah. His odds dropped to like 15 to one. Yeah. There he's, which four, sucks. he's, it he's sucks if you want to bet him, but like, like, but like Rom's fourteen to one, Dustin Johnson is fourteen to one. I, I think I'd rather just play Dustin. I, he might even drop. Missing the cut in Detroit may have been like the best thing that ever happened to Dustin Johnson's odds. No, for sure. I mean, it just depends where you are. Are you at the point? Like I'm kind of at the point where I don't know. Like it, for me to bet Dustin Johnson at a major these days, I feel like I need twenty to one just because I'm sick of him getting close. Not that I really ever bet him at eight to one or anything like that, but. I still feel like, you know, he's just been so bad at, at closing the door or just getting in contention and then and falling out with his putter that I just don't really want to bet Dustin Johnson at short odds anymore. And I know 14 to one is, is actually pretty good for him, but I don't know. It opens been his worst event traditionally. Maybe this is where it happens and, and it just shocks everyone. But uh, I, I, I think I'd still prefer Ron, even if they're the same price. Yeah. I'm just looking like Tiger 16 to one. Maybe no. I, I can't figure out what to do with Tiger. So. He just doesn't play. It's it's tough to back him. He he seems a little bit burned out, like from that win. Like he he even admitted it after uh, after the U.S. Open. He's just like, I'm not playing till the Open. Like you won't see me. So take that for what it will. Maybe he's just in his cave, like you know, getting strong again or something. But um, like I said, traditionally the last like four or five winners of the Open, they've played a couple events in July. They've won or like finished second, and then they've just come in and blitzed the Open and. I'd be looking at players like that. Like maybe Cantlay is, is a good candidate for that. I don't know. Um, I really like Bryson though at 40 to one, man. Like I, I really like that price for him. I think, uh, I think everything's clicking for him and I, I think you'll see some continuation. So. Yeah. I, I've only made one bet so far and all I did was I bet Justin Thomas at 40 to one. It just, it seems too deep. That's and that's fine. Cause it's so, it's such good odds for a guy who's, who's hitting it clearly as, as well as he's ever hit in his career. I mean, he's, his strokes gain T degree is off the charts. He's just, just got to figure out how to putt again. So I don't, I might end up adding that too. Eventually uh, it's 40 to one for Justin Thompson major is ridiculous. So. Yeah. The, the guys coming in with the best form right now in the field. And there's one guy here is very interesting. I wasn't even really giving him much consideration, but he's won an open. So I probably should. Uh, if just, <laughs> I, I'm on fantasynational.com right now. And it's sort of by like the last six events, most strokes gain total Hideki, right. Cantley, Bryson, Rory, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott's interesting. Really good open player too over his career. Yeah. Obviously, he blew the open uh, that that one time at uh, St. George's or whatever when he bogeyed the last four holes. But that's that's got to be interesting. Who is the other player you're talking about? No, see, that's exactly what I was thinking about. He didn't win the open. He blew it to Ernie Els. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, around the, if you can get him at uh, around the same price as Bryson or, or or JT, they're around forty to one. I mean, maybe just bet those three. You got JT coming in with good ball striking and, and just needs to get his putter going. You got Bryson coming in hot. And then you got Scott coming in who 
always takes a big rest, it seems, before majors and, and doesn't bother him at all. So, and actually Hideki too. I mean, I, if, if maybe this course will, will set up well for him. I mean, he's, he's, he's at that age now where he's played the open a ton of times. It's not like, uh, he's a bad open player or anything like that. You can take all four at 40 to one, basically. Yeah. The, the back, I mean, if you can get those four guys at 40 to one, Pat, like yeah. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. It's not terrible. Like I'm even looking at the back end of this top 10 in terms of recent form, Reed, will it Webb, and Leishman. That's interesting. Will it? Leishman's always good for the open. Will it is too, actually. 80 to one. Who has the worst form coming in? Sung Kang and Luke list. Ooh. And Phil. And Beauregard and Siwoo Kim, all my favorites. <laughs> oh, actually, the the one long shot I, I would actually consider. Actually, there's two. One's uh, Wiesberger for sure. He finished second last week, 150 to one out there still. Um, just been getting his game back going. Good links player, good European player. And then Thorby and Olsen, 125 to one. He started to show some form last week. Definitely a guy who can get it going on links. Um, I like Wiesberger a lot though at that price. He's he's a good player, Pat. That's... Well, I, I know he's a good player. I'm just shocked that like he's made a rebound and all the, like he went away yeah. for 18 months. And now all of a sudden he's back again. It's, it reminds me like I know he didn't hit the peak like Stenson did when Stenson won the players. But like, remember when Stenson fell off the face of the earth for like four years and then he came back and he was Stenson again? Yeah. <laughs> if he, yeah. It feels like the same thing has happened with Bern Wiesberger at this point. But is there a chance that like we're just overlooking Tommy? Like everyone's just over Tommy Fleetwood. And now is the time that he can come through. I mean, it could be, it's, it's kind of what he's done traditionally, but I, I don't know. You either, when you're headed into a major, you either look at the form and you, you, you hit up those guys who are red hot, or you, you take some bigger odds on players who maybe just, you know, people are overlooking. My take on Tommy is you're getting the worst odds on him at any major right now. Like if he was coming into the U S open or maybe not the U S open, if he was coming into like the PGA in the form he's in, he'd probably be in the 40 to well, maybe not maybe not 50, but like 30 to 40 range. You're not getting any, you're not really getting good odds on Tommy Fleetwood at 28 to one for the open because the, you know, it's, it's the open and they just price him a little bit lower in my opinion. Like should Tommy Fleetwood be lower odds than, than Bryson and, and Justin Thomas and Adam Scott? I don't think so. So I just can't bet him on that premise right now. If he was at 40 to one, I'd say, yeah, that, that'd be a little bit more interesting, but unless he, unless he floats, which he could like the week of, then I, I'm not interested in that. It's been a full year since he missed a cut. Since Fleetwood missed a cut? Since Fleetwood, yeah. He hasn't missed a cut since Le Pont de France before last year's Open. Impressive. Was there an Open de France this year? Did I just miss that? I think they moved it. Don't call me on that, but I think they moved it to schedule. They moved some, some European tour events like later in the year, like September. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes actually a lot more sense now. Because yeah. like they just had the Ryder Cup there. You, you think they would go back to the course that you know, at least the Euros really seemed to like. The Americans hated hated the guts. No, but. that's an awesome course. That that's a really good event. That's that's one of the, the better events to watch on the Euro Tour. I, I'm pretty sure. I really doubt they canceled it or anything, but I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure they shifted it to September because the the BMW PH BGA Championship, the one held in England, like their big flagship event, has been moved too. So. They adjusted a bunch of things on the schedule. I think all those events uh, go up later in the year now. All right. Jeff Ulrich, anything final to add? No, not really. Just uh, try and get through this week and don't lose too much money before you get to the Open. That's that's my advice. But uh, you can check out my article. It's, it's up this week. Uh, had a good week with the PJ Cheat Sheet last week on the DK Playbook. Had Bryson and, uh, and Wyndham Clark highlighted. So you can go up there and look who I wrote up this week. 
should be up there now. But uh, yeah, DraftKings Playbook and uh, DK Live app. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter, Facebook, and the Twitter machine. You can find my DK cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com as well. And we both had Bryson highlighted last week, but I also had Morikawa highlighted. Unfortunately, wow. I couldn't put together a good 6 of 16 because I'm terrible <laughs> yeah. at this. Um, betting cheat sheet will be out on Wednesday on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the PME. Same place you can find the Pat Mayo Experience John Deere Classic. DraftKings Open, $15 to play, three max entry. Become a member at FantasyNational.com. And if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button to the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite player above $9,000 and your favorite player below $7,000. See if we can jam them together. See what happens. Anyway, I'll be back Friday with golf, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the following Friday, full British Open coverage. The final major of the year. I'll have a ton of giveaways, so uh, you know, tune in, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck. The John Deere Classic. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.